And welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys here joining in as we dive into the world of expanding consciousness. I am a medium, a channeler, and this podcast is an outlet for me to share messages from the Ascended Masters to light beings to archangels and more. And especially, I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me as always. I am very excited to have this next conversation and to share it with all of you. Um, On the show today is Abby Wiseman. She is a content creator and writer in the food industry. She is a multi-talented woman who just, uh, I mean, I've known you since you were little Mm -hmm. and to see how much you've grown in who you are your spiritual journey too, because I've been lucky enough to kind of walk beside you on some of that. It's just, it's so cool to see how it's expressed in your work. And so, I mean, the photographs that you do, the words you use, the way you create is such a reflection of you. It's just amazing. So anyways, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks so much. Uh, Nice to be here. I was saying to Jeanette before I came on that I'm so used to being the one asking the questions. So I'm like very weirdly nervous about, you know, having (laughs) to actually talk for myself, you know? Right? To turn it around and be vulnerable. Yeah. We're yeah. like in control right now. <laughs> yes. Good yes. for you. It's Everyone should do that every once in a while, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so this whole topic came up because you sent me a message one day of this critical moment of thought. Do you want to talk about that? Do you want to share? Yeah. I mean, you know, I just randomly send you questions. Yeah. I'm like, sorry to take up your time, but I'm wondering about this. Um, Yeah, no, I I think this happens. I don't know if it actually, I've checked it with some friends and it doesn't actually happen to everybody, but uh, I was lying in bed the other night and I just got hit with that idea of you're going to die one day. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to be here. And it's like that full body, full body kind of like anxiety wrench. (laughs) And then I felt it in my toes and it's like, oh my God like, I'm going to die. Like, I won't be here. I won't be seeing this room. I won't be in this place. And it sort of was like, whoa. Um, and then, you know, like five minutes later, I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then the next day I was like, what is that? Like, what is that, you know, spirit taking you in the pants? Is that, you know, some sort of subconscious crisis or something like that? Like what is happening there? So mm-hmm. I love that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's such a great question because I think many of us do confront that in some way. Um, mm-hmm. And you're right. Not every single person does, but I, I personally think a lot of people do at some point and mm-hmm. it depends on what they do with it. Right. Like I think it surfaces for people. And then it's their choice how deeply they choose to look into it. And so what often happens is people will have that thought come up and it'll either terrify them. So they'll block it out and then do everything possible to avoid that question. Uh, Or others will take it as a doorway into a deeper journey of self and what it really means and what, what is actually death and Mm -hmm. what happens after death. And it can take people on this really interesting journey of discovery. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a a marker that comes up and we get to choose what we do about it. And so I think it's a beautiful thing to talk about because 
for many people, that is a scary moment of like, oh my God, I am going to die. I could die tonight. I could die this afternoon. I could die when I'm 95. Yeah. But either way, I am going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because it's only been like, I don't know, like five, six days or whatever. But I've been really like, you know, I don't know. I feel like it was a bit of a kick in the pants maybe for me because it's like, what do you want to do? Like, what's this? Why are you know, like, do you want to spend more time scrolling on your phone of your life? Like the minute counts. And, you know, you see, especially I work in social media a lot. So you see a lot of like, make every minute count. Like, you know, this is your life. Romanticize your, you know, all those kind of, you know, whatever stuff. And I've always, I've sort of gotten really used to, I think, to inundation of that media I've kind of like become silent to those messages or just like I don't see them anymore what's the word desensitized to those messages because yeah. they just don't really mean anything but like kind of getting that I was like oh god you know it does mean something and it does matter you know um it's not just clickbait <laughs> and so yeah yeah, yeah. So, question for you so when I when you when that fear point came up in that response to it, when you were like, oh, was it a fear of the actual act of dying? Or was it a fear of leaving this incarnation and not knowing what's next? It was more just like, I would say neither actually. Like, I don't really know. Yeah, it was more just like, I'm not going to experience, I guess maybe it is leaving this incarnation this carnation, like the flower. Incarnation, yeah. <laughs> um, it's more like the the sort of like, wow, like, oh my God, like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to feel a bed underneath me. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to feel, it's the experience mm-hmm. part of being alive. Yeah. Something I'm not going to feel. And like, as far as what happens to me afterwards or, you know, whatever, like, I don't remember what happened to me before, mm-hmm. you know, in the soul paces, I don't know who's gonna. I, I just decided I want to come back as a whale this week, actually. Oh, yeah, um, okay. <laughs> like, I just really like the ocean and I want to explore it, but I want to be like big. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It sort of was more just like, whoa, like all these things, all these experiences that maybe sometimes I'm not experiencing because I'm distracting myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to experience them. Mm-hmm. And like, Again, I don't know. I don't know if if I'll experience it as a whale or not. But, like, Mm -hmm. that's – it's a freaky thought, but it's also just a, like, you know, okay, like, do do what you need to do, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, and I think, too, that, like, when these questions come up, it's it's such an interesting journey if we're willing to take it to Mm -hmm. see what they're – what can be unraveled in it. Because it could be very, very deep where we have to confront actual fears of death, like we're terrified of the act of death. But it can be that trigger into enjoying life more. And you're not having to have a significant illness in this moment to notice that. Whereas a lot of people, it takes like an illness or an injury for them to be like, what am I doing? I'm wasting my life scrolling. And I'm not saying you scroll and waste your life. But (laughs) we stick with that statement like, Oftentimes it takes people a really big life-changing event that is really scary to shock them into the reality that although our soul doesn't die, this lifetime is but for a time that will come to an end. And so what are you doing with it? So 
the fact I think for you that it was so uh, it kind of shook you a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a beautiful thing because your soul is like, Hey, we don't want to bring this in the form of like an illness or an injury, but you know, you're at this point where you're a massive creator. What is it you really want to do? Is this yeah. what you want to do? So what do you think? And I feel like you responded to that by actually yeah. pondering. Yeah. I mean, I've been in sort of, it's an interesting thing because I've sort of been in a place of trying to figure out my next steps. You know, I, I think for a lot of people and myself included, like I'm gifted with some talents and I'm really like, mm-hmm. I also work on them. It's not like, you know, oh, I just woke up one day and figured out how to do all this stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, but at the same time, there's realities behind, you know, say the work you do and what that means to you. And there is like, you know, is it something you can do forever? Is it something that you want to do forever? And so I've kind of been, I think a lot of people in that place right now because they've had to look at themselves so much mm-hmm. the last few years. So I've kind of just been opening myself up to new ideas, but that's hard. I mean, it isn't an easy thing to just, you know, be like, hmm, I'm going to change my whole life and then go do it tomorrow. Like just mm-hmm. doesn't work like that. It does take some like courage to, mm-hmm. to do it. And so it was funny getting that, you know, getting that kind of hit of, you know, mortality <laughs> in a way. It was sort of like, okay, right. Like this isn't, um, you know, like don't think too long on these things. Just go and do them and it'll be fine one way or the other because it's always fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I can say that from kind of a privileged position of being in Canada and, you know, of a certain social status and all those things. So it's not like... Everyone's just fine if they want it to be. That's not the social reality. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, like it sort of felt like it felt like the computer turning on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that makes. Yeah. So question for you. So if we look at this thought of like, you know, I'm going to die, bringing you to a position of recognizing the choices that you can make that are yeah. yours, right? Conscious choice. How would you consider living your life differently now? Like what, mm-hmm. what has this inspired even in your thoughts and maybe not in actions? Because oftentimes, you know, we get to these pivotal life moments and we think everything in our life has to change, but that's overwhelming and it's hard to make happen. So sometimes we have to start with like small things, like in pondering this the last couple of days, what have you noticed is kind of showing itself that wants to be different or maybe like letting down <clears throat> or letting go of a narrative you used to have or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of been a little bit my mind lately. And I think I have been stuck in a narrative for several years, a little bit. Um, one, it's like, I really enjoy simple things. Like to me, it's like, I really enjoy cooking and eating the nice dish. And I really enjoy looking like, I love this time of year. Cause I just get like, like you would think I was like stoned the whole time. So I just, just walk around and like stare at flowers. And I just like, I'm not, you know, I mean, yeah. not always, but like, yeah. you know, it's like, I just really, I'm like, oh, and like, just to like, to be like, wow, those are so beautiful, you know? And like, they really are. And I think that's the thing. It's like, I'm kind of like, yeah, like enjoy this. Cause you're not going to be able to see them, mm-hmm. you know, and at least in, with these eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. enjoy. But also as far as like those bigger narratives and, and, you know, we'll see how this pans out. Um, But I have been trying to let go of some old things in the past. And I've been trying to let go of a little bit the story I've told myself and maybe the story I've been told of myself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
I'm not really obligated to anybody, you know? And it's like, that's sort of, I've, I've definitely felt like somebody who's, and you know, I'm not the only one in my life who's like that, who's like, I'm kind of here to, to make sure every, all the holes are filled for other people in a way. Like it's kind of always felt like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Wait a second. Like I'm the main character here. Like I'm not, I'm not the sidekick, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that I'm sort of, I'm like, okay. And it's like, what am I good at? What do I, you know, what, what do I want to bring? And I think that's, you know, but also like kind of, I think because I'm a person who does multiple things, like I have a little bit of shame around that because it's not like, you know, I admire people who are like, this is my schooling. And then I went into this track and then I did all these oh, things. Oh yeah. That old I, template though. That's an old template. It is. But you know, they generally are like, you know, own a home and have like at least a bank account or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm like always trying something new, I'm always having to like, you know, because I just enjoy learning and I enjoy mm-hmm. creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always felt like a little bit of like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, even though I know that other people don't see me like that at all. Yeah. Um, you know I'm, what? Sorry, yeah. I was going to say just on that point here real quick is, you know, what's interesting on a soul level is people that usually are continually jumping to new things to try something new. It's actually in their soul design, in their soul blueprint that they literally <laughs> walked in with this like huge list. And they're like, I want to do all these things in my lifetime. And yeah. they're, they're like okay, it's going to be a lot. And they're like, yeah, but if I'm going to go in, I'm going to get a lot done. I don't want to just go in and do one thing. I want to do it all because I'm going to make the most of it. Let's make this effective. Let's go. And so then I noticed that when we learn that in people's uh, blueprints, it reflects so much in their lifetime and there is shame and guilt around it. Yeah. They can realize like, wait a minute, I designed to be this way. Yeah. I mean, I'm not made for then, you know, I mean, and I, I, my, I honestly wish I was in some ways, because it's a lot easier than kind of nine to five, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever, um, you know, having to always kind of like daily, I'm reinventing myself. And that's hard. That can be mm-hmm. times or, or like confusing to general society. So um, that makes sense. Yeah, I do feel that way. And I kind of feel a little bit less shame about that. It's like, I'm going to live many lifetimes in this lifetime. And like, so oh, yeah you know, if I try, you know, I'm going to go to school in September. I don't know what that's going to turn into, but I just know I need to build, you mm-hmm. know, and then to do something and open my world up again mm-hmm. to something new, you know? So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it turns out. I might just like crawl under my covers again, <laughs> but you know. But yeah. here's, here's the thing that sometimes I think of too, is I know sometimes when I'm on a precipice of like changing things in my life or you know, going back to school, like that's a big decision, right? It's a big financial piece and time piece. And anytime that I'm at one of those decision points, I often will picture myself on my deathbed in the most traditional way, like an old lady, you know, say 98 on my deathbed. Will I look back on my life and be happy with what Mm -hmm. I did? Or will I look back on it like I wasted time? Yeah. And every time I have that perspective, it almost gives me gratitude for whatever I'm in right now, or the decision point, or even if it's a tough lesson where I'm like, why, why me? Yeah. I can look from that perspective and be like, no, this is massive learning and growth. And I would not want the movie of my life to be boring. would yeah. want it to be interesting. Yeah. And I would say it's like, you know, I would say at this point in my life, I'm a little bit 50, 50 on that. I've done some incredible things. I've met some incredible people. I've learned some really hard and really incredible lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I hope I get to continue doing that, but it doesn't, I still feel like there's things I could have done or should have done better, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe that's the perfectionist <laughs> streak in me, but then I, you know, I have to be kind of compassionate because it's like, I was doing those things and that person in that time and exactly. there are a lot of things I didn't know, you know, yeah. so I don't, I don't, maybe it's age or wisdom. It's like, I don't judge my younger self as harsh as I once did, you know? And I think that's in some ways that sort of, you know, existential crisis feeling where you're like, I'm going to die. Um, it kind of washes some of that old stuff away a little bit because it's like, okay, well then I'm just going to keep trying things because, and half of them I'm going to fail at, <laughs> like, you know, cause it doesn't really, it's not that it, it, I don't know if like doesn't really matter is the right, like it does matter. Your actions have a ripple effect. Right. And it's like, and yeah, if you, you know, don't have good people around you or all those things that does have a ma- massive impact, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, trying things and failing at them while being a kind, good person. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it won't, it may change history. Mm-hmm. the future probably not <laughs> but you may be able to like bring something or inspire somebody else and you know show somebody else a different way of living and I think that's like you know kind of been a little bit my as my cousin says you kind of dance by the beat of your own drum <laughs> and I you know and that's that's okay you know so that's absolutely okay in fact I really um support and celebrate that in mm. people and in myself, because so much of uh, what we're really doing here, in my perspective anyways, is mm. to find that drumbeat, our specific drumbeat, or our soul song, or whatever that may be. Like, it's important we know who we are and what we're about in order to create the reality or the experience within the reality that we want. And yeah. I think people that miss that are missing out on so much more depth of what life can be like. And I know that's a very generalized statement. Yeah. And I mean it in a generalized sense too, right? But I I love that and I celebrate that you feel that way. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, ask me in an hour and I'll be like, oh God, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Just live in the moment right now. Right now where it feels right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's so funny. Um, So I had another little thought of how you said that uh, part of the triggering, we'll call it a trigger, but was, you know, I'm not going to see the world through these eyes again. Mm -hmm. And I want to say something that I'm not sure if I know how to express it, but I'm going to wing it here because I really like that you said that. And I can share my experience of that in terms of my near-death experience Mm -hmm. is even though I personally know that there's stuff on the other side. I've been there and I came back, right? So for me, it's an it's a no question, no brainer. Mm. But there will still be a little piece of me that will long for this lifetime once I'm there. Mm. Not longing, maybe that's not the right word, but um, what it what that feeling does is it helps me in even the tough moments on this life planet right now to appreciate all the things through these eyes because when I was on the other side and I got a chance to kind of connect with my higher self and see my higher self as me looking at me, like it was as if it was another body that looked like me, but I knew it was my higher self. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to see myself from my higher self's perspective, I saw how much I loved this human life. 
And that helped me appreciate so much the, like you said, the flowers on this planet at any given time, the plants, the trees, the hugs from people, the foods, the way we taste them here, the, the very human things. Um, mm. It made me super appreciate that. And that is very unique to this place and this time and this lifetime. And so I like that that was a clear kind of trigger or realization or notable point for you because it is very valid. We are here for only a certain amount of time. And so it's so valuable to know that, I think, so that you can be more appreciative in all the moments of being human. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I would say, like I'm talking about myself right now a lot, but um, I usually do. That's um, okay. <laughs> totally okay. Because I have, I have questions for you too, Jeanette, but, <laughs> but not yet. Not yet. Um, it, it, and, and I think like, Again, like, it's not like, oh, I just had this, like, feeling and something had changed. Like, I have been, I think last time we talked, I was like, I just, like, I need to, like, reparent myself mm-hmm. and kind of go through this, like, you know, who am I as this adult? Like, I've kind of made it through this difficult time. I've kind of made it through this. Uh, and and I think during the pandemic, you talked a lot about that waterfall, like, jumping over mm-hmm. the waterfall. And I don't, I don't know if I'm one of the jumpers I may or may I'm not sure be. sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and for anybody who's listening, you know, who doesn't know, you can listen back. And I found Jeanette's words really uh, comforting during that time. Is that a cattail? It is. Yes, it's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what am I looking at? I, <laughs> um, I found that really comforting at a time. And, and, and she was talking a lot about how a lot of people are making these big shifts in themselves. And it's like people are jumping over this waterfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not everyone is, but a lot of people are. And I, that resonated with me. But I think, you know, I've kind of been on this journey of like, you know, teach being a mom to my, you know, inner child, I think in some ways. And, and that's in just like habits. Like, you know, do I go to the gym in the morning? Do I go to bed at, at time? Like sometimes I actually go to bed on time. Um, oh <laughs> like, you know, how am I eating? How am I doing all these things? So I think it's like, I don't think these realizations just happen when you're like, you know, watching the fifth episode of some Netflix show. Like, I think you have to put in some sort of effort and be like, you know, I'm going to like kind of figure this out. And it kind of seems crazy from the outside (laughs) from people are like um, watching you try. And it seems like you're always trying to be something or do something. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they just come to you when you're sitting still. I think you have to like make an effort. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, I guess you always talk about co-creation. So that's probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I agree. Totally. We have to be an active participant in it. Otherwise yeah. it passes us by and then we're on our deathbed and we're like, ah, oh, yeah, missed the boat. Or we're on the other side creating a new blueprint. And we realize like, oh, you know what? I went into that lifetime and I didn't do this, 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 and this. And all right, let's try it again. Yeah. I mean, daily, I'm like, can someone just tell me what I'm supposed to be doing here? I'm like, you know, I think I did ask you about that. It's like, is there a way for me to know without having to like have a near death experience? Cause that scares me (laughs) a lot. You know, I think death is kind of scary. I I, I think it's equal parts scary and equal parts not scary because it's like, you know, by the time I die, I'm probably not going to (laughs) know, you know, like, um, Unless, you know, you're unfortunate enough to be very cognizant when you, and maybe that's a beautiful thing to be very cognizant when you do go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my grandpa was, he, his heart just failed, but everything else is good. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but most people I know really weren't there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm scared of course of dying in some horrific way or painful way. Like that's not mm-hmm. great. We'd rather not that. Yeah. It's maybe not that one, please. Yeah, please not. Or some, some way that's not in my control, you know, I yeah. think that's, that's scary, but, um, no, I don't, I don't necessarily look at death as like good or bad. It's just a thing, you know? So, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah. it, it's a real, it's a real thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And it, it's one that we can't get away from. No, right? it's not. It's uh, we can't avoid it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I just wondered with you, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Ask away. <laughs> Let's know. turn the tables now. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I've relinquished control enough. So people who don't know, I have a journalism background and I've worked in radio and I still write um, for magazines and stuff like that. So yeah, this is my this is natural. I, this is my default. Um, <laughs> Like when, and I know I have your book and I've never read it and I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll be there I when you're ready. Read it, but I want to read the other 20 books inside my bed right now too. Yeah, so that's okay. Um, when you, after your death experience, like when you came back, did you feel like a different person? Mm-hmm. Well, so yes, to be very simple. Yes. But I still felt like me, but I felt like an expanded version of me. And although in the beginning, I was just like, oh my gosh, this planet is amazing. And like blankets, they feel amazing. And physicality is amazing. And coffee, wow. Like everything was amplified. There then was about a year for me to really kind of like reintegrate back into it. And in that year, there was like highs and lows of just consciousness because then there was also the like, crashing into the reality of how dense 3d is and i don't mean dense as in like stupid or dumb not that but i mean like density of in polarity darkness hard things um i learned how much that earth life is a challenging place to be because we have deep emotions we have deep polarity we have like all kinds of things but it's with purpose and so then you know i would be pondering sometimes like god why did i come back yeah. Like obviously my family and kids. So that would always keep me here. But there's a part of me that was like, why would I come back? We just went into a pandemic. Now we're totally locked down. Now I'm homeschooling my kids. Now, like what? Mm-hmm. But even then in that, after I'd run that circuit, I would always come back to valuing again from the lens of my higher self, how much, like how important this life is and these moments are important. And so to try and nutshell what I'm getting at, is I did feel very different coming back. I felt like a greater expanded part of me that didn't necessarily fit with 3D humanity anymore. And I couldn't ignore it because it was changing already. But after my near-death experience, I couldn't ignore it. So I essentially had to really learn how to listen to the beat of my own drum and what that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It sounds like kind of like um, reverse culture shock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Culture shock's a great comparison. Very <laughs> like, much so. Yeah. And, and even like, I, I, you know, 10 years ago, I lived in Ghana for like, I don't know, eight months or something like that. And I, I remember, I wasn't one of those people who was like, oh, I'm going to, this is going to change my life. You know, like, I just was an opportunity that came up. You know, I wasn't like, I'm going to Africa, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm going to save all the children. Like, that was not it. I yeah. just felt cool this happened. And then I went and I had this amazing experience. 
And in some ways I was like, no, I'm not going to be one of those girls. Not going to change. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. a lot of like people with, you know, great intentions, but are also a little bit naive about things. Yeah. That are and, um, but over, you know, when I came back, it was a shock, um, you know, and it wasn't, it was, I can look back now and see how much it changed me and actually how much I see the world differently. Mm-hmm. And I see that with like old friends and family members where it's like, wow, at what point did we diverge so much? And not in an unloving way, but we're just, you know, different people and see the world really differently. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I can imagine that experience would be kind of the same thing, but it's, it's not like you wake up and you're like, I'm just going to do all these things. Like mm-hmm. it kind of a slow integration, integration. It is. It's totally an integration. And that's one thing I learned though, from that experience, which we can absolutely get when we travel or we do something big somewhere else, somewhere different. We give ourselves that opportunity to discover who we are in a more deeper way. So it's common to come back and not quite fit. Now, I used to think at first, like, oh, shoot, I don't fit. Like, something's wrong with me. I did wrong or something. But what I realized is, like, it's not about not fitting because something is wrong. It's just frequencies are different. And when our frequency changes or our vibration changes, we harmonize with other people at different frequencies. And when they're not in a harmonic frequency, they are disharmonic. It doesn't mean they're bad. They just don't merge. It's like trying to push magnets together that don't connect. It repels it. And Mm. I think there's something to be said for those moments because we all move through ascension or just let's call it personal growth at different rates. So I think if we can hold a container for different rates of change for people we we we're more okay in those ebbs and flows of when you're closer to family or friends and then when it changes and then maybe it comes back around and like that is actually a normal progression of life we just try to with old narratives hold on to what it should be of this linear parallel process yeah yeah absolutely yes 100% (laughs) hundred <laughs> percent. I think I, I've experienced that myself when it's like, Oh, I've, and I don't know, frequency change or just like, I just feel different than I did before. And, and like suddenly that person who was really close to me, just, I can't really be around as much. And like, it always makes me feel a bit narcissistic to be honest, but like, I think it also is just sort of, but then I'm also I'm like, I didn't sign a contract that I would be the same person for the rest of my life. And neither okay. do I want you to sign that contract, you know? So yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. But I do think about that, you know, with your experience and, you know, and kind of what you've been doing the last couple of years, which has been like awesome. I'm really like, as somebody who does content, I'm actually impressed at how consistent you are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> all things. So like, like you must be very um, guided and driven by this because like, totally. it's a lot. like people don't know how much it takes to just load up a video on YouTube. <laughs> like it's not, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a lot of time uh, yeah. and, uh, details and lots of little finicky things that go wrong all the time. <laughs> so yes. it's yes. impressive, you know? So, well, yeah. thanks. That's yeah. nice. I, you know, I do definitely have a ton of, guided information so I think uh if I had to just pull or only create from my own energy it would be very different I mean it's I kind of get an easier route I think in regards of having downloads like I tune in I'm like what's up and then they share stuff and then I share it so uh I think I have a bonus team in that regard yeah 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 I'd like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've done some things and like couldn't keep them up because I just couldn't keep the energy up for it. So uh, it's impressive to see that you you can, you know. Oh, so, thanks. Yeah. That's so nice. But you've been helpful in that too, though. You've given me tons of tips along the way. So I have, yeah. But yeah. I think you I think you the student has become the master. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I'll take yeah. it. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what other did you said you had other questions? Did you do you remember if you have any other ones? Yeah, I mean, I think um, we were talking about, I was talking a bit about reparenting yeah. and some of the habits and stuff like that that kind of lead me to having new, sorry, kind of lead, let me, let me actually use my words yeah. <laughs> that are leading me to kind of have these new realizations. After your uh, near-death experience, you know, were there habits that you just suddenly weren't on, in, aligned with anymore or things that you just kind of gave up or just didn't? you know, feel you need in your life anymore. And maybe you've talked about this and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, yeah. Did you have to reparent yourself in this new energy? I did. I definitely did. One of the things that surprised me that I had to reparent myself with, which took a good probably year and a half mm-hmm. was to not, to no longer identify as the sick person. Yeah. Because leading up to that, I was always the one who's super anemic. I'm the one that can't do that hike. I can't do this. I'm always cold because I'm anemic. Like it was like, hi, my name is Jeanette and I'm anemic. <laughs> right? Like yeah. I have no blood volume, so I can't breathe very well and I'm cold and tired. So I'm going to have a nap. Bye. Like, yeah. I didn't realize how much I identified with that versus it was something I experienced, but I like embodied it. And so it took me a while to realize that that was no longer me. And I had to use a lot of conscious thought to re-parent myself into like, no, you're not the sick one anymore. No, yeah. if you're cold, it's not because you're anemic. If you're yeah. tired, it's not like, so there was, there was things like that, that I definitely had to work to also embrace the idea of this new canvas that like I was done with the old canvas. And so kind of like you were saying, like embrace who I was now not what I was before and then embrace the lessons of who I was before. Not that that was bad, but just being that I felt so different, it was okay to feel different and be different. And it was okay also to love and honor what I was. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It to- totally. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, it's funny you said like it took like 18 months because I always find that everything for me happens in 18 month periods. Mm. Like something really like difficult happened 18 months ago. I'll like, I'll be like, oh, what's wrong with me? And I'll be like, well, 18, it just always like. Interesting. It's me 18 months later. So that's, yeah. that's interesting time yeah. for you. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's just sort of um, change the narrative of yourself. I mean, I have ADHD and that's become a bit of my identity. And lately I have been questioning that and trying to be like, Hey, well, you know, even when you weren't diagnosed, you still like got a lot done. And are you using it as a crutch in some ways? Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's, um, you know, changing. Sometimes you, you, you get diagnosed with something or you get told something and it's a relief. Mm-hmm. because you're like oh good there's a reason this is I'm, I am this way but then sometimes it can become the excuse you know exactly. and like, that's a really interesting turn so curious. yeah yes. yeah I have another question yeah you can edit this however you want to but, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I've noticed like and I'm you know I write about food and I'm in the food world and I've just like noticed that there's a lot of shifts happening and, and like the vegan product thing 
has definitely come up. I don't know like veganism. I don't know where that works for everybody. Um, I, it doesn't work for me for various mm-hmm. reasons. Um, but I've also noticed a big shift and a big conversation around sobriety and being like sober curious or not. Um, uh, and I've cut like basically my birthday last year cause I had to have surgery. So like last year I was like, I'm just going to stop drinking mm-hmm. and I just did. And it was great. And I kind of most, for the most part, don't really drink anymore except for if I really, really want to, mm-hmm. <laughs> or if I'm just like, you know, there's like a really good wine. I'm not going to say no to that, but, yeah. um, do you, do you see this shift happening and do you yeah. think it has something to do with the sort of spiritual landscape or what's happening with us as a collective? I do. Actually, I really do. Um, my husband and I did a whole year of not drinking last year, like no alcohol at all for a year. We're just like, let's just completely not. Before that, I would go months, sometimes seven, eight months without drinking. Like yeah. it wasn't a big thing for me. Um, but we were curious about like health and energy with absolutely no alcohol. So it was a really interesting experience. We gained so much from it. Um, during that understanding and tapping into my guides about different things like that, because that question was coming up for me before, I saw how much, or they kind of explained how much alcohol is very much a depressant energy. Mm-hmm. And so with it being a depressant, it lowers your frequency. So mm-hmm. for the time in which you're drinking, it, it lowers your vibrational rate, which is fine. You can totally do it. The spirit wasn't like do or don't, but they're just like, it lowers your frequency. So depending on how much you drink, there is an after effect of having a low frequency. Now, if you're someone who's already vibing higher, being pushed down into that lower frequency might cause more disharmony in your body versus Mm -hmm. if you're vibrating lower, then it's not that big of a shift. Now, that doesn't mean really amazing people who are fine with drinking and have no repercussions. It doesn't mean they're low vibe. Again, generalized statement. But all to say is that a lot of people, this collective shift moving from it is because there's like a collective desire for higher frequency and alcohol doesn't facilitate higher frequency long-term. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I can totally see that with people and like kind of see what's happening. It sort of feels like everyone's like, well, hold on. And, I kind of looking back, you know, I'm 36 and sort of my formative years were around like the two early 2000s, like two, and I started drinking quite young and going to bars quite young and doing all that, you know, just shot, shot, shots. Like I drank a lot when I was in my 20s, like early 20s for sure. Mm-hmm. And I sort of, I'm like, was I kind of sold a lie mm-hmm. about this? Like, cause I feel pretty good now and I haven't felt good in a while, you know? And it's like, you know, I, I feel uh, much more, um, like present and in, engaged in my life and really like mm-hmm. more um, conscious of what I'm doing, you know, um, to a point, you know, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to be like, I'm so great. It's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's not, it's not that. Um, but I kind of, I'm like, wow, is this just sort of some like kind of lie we've told ourselves in some way that this is like the best way to have a good time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. And it's true. And there's, you know, it's been so entwined with celebration and stuff like that. But what my husband and I really learned in that year of just absolutely not drinking mm-hmm. is how much fun we can still have in celebration mm-hmm. with a non-alcoholic beverage of sorts, right? Yeah. Like 
And then how much that energy of the celebration actually sticks with us in the days after, because it's not having to battle through this low frequency dip when your body's trying to recover from the toxin, essentially. Yeah. Right. So you can actually carry the energy from whatever events further, but it has to be this conscious choice of acknowledging your feelings in any situation. And like, so you don't fall into that peer pressure of, Oh, just have a glass of wine. This will make it all better. Yeah. 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 And just acknowledging your feelings. I think like, you know, I wouldn't say I was ever like, Oh yeah. When I was younger, I party, but then, you know, my thirties, I've been pretty chill. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I definitely know people who drink. I also worked in the restaurant business. So my idea was chill, maybe very different from what other people's idea of what chill is. Right. Um, But yeah, I definitely had to kind of, you know, like realize the things that I perhaps was covering up or, you know, like recognize the role alcohol does play in their life. I also think it's interesting that this movement is also coinciding and I don't know how much you're into this world or know about this world, but like the kind of psychedelic movement. Totally. I was going to bring it up too. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's neat. It is neat how yeah. it's shifting from low frequency things into higher frequency things. Yeah. Um, and now I do want to say there are some mediums that can have a couple drinks and still tune in and still feel fine. So like yeah. I'm giving a very generalized statement, but the desire for people to step into more psychedelic stuff Mm-hmm. I really like how a lot of it's being presented in a spiritual sense. Get to know yourself better. Find what's inside you in this experience versus let's have a wild wild party, do a whole bunch of mushrooms and trip out the whole time. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. a different I, invitation. Totally. And I remember, you know, I went to a friend's house and they were all doing like, I was like, oh, Friday night, I was to hang out. And they were all doing like a bunch of ketamine. I was like, oh, I didn't know we were doing this. And I remember just kind of sitting there being like, all of you guys are just having your own experiences together, mm-hmm. not actually connecting on any mm-hmm. level kind of thing as actual people. Like it just felt like they were all just having these individual experiences in the room together, which has a time and place. But I'm I'm more for like, how do we connect more? How do we mm-hmm. become more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, together? And and so I, I find like, and I've never done ketamine, so I have no idea what that really, they may be having a totally different experience than what mm-hmm. I think um but yeah it's sort of it's like it's an interest it's an interesting how people do use substances to kind of either connect or disconnect and I think Mm -hmm. like you know the little bit of psychedelics I've done it feels very connective you know Mm -hmm. that's like I think there is something there going on in the collective in a way yeah absolutely I totally think so and it, it is it's interesting and I see this awakening in the collective in a lot of different ways. So again, if we bring it back to what we were talking about in the beginning with like you having that thought of, you know, I'm going to die one day, like that's often what is brought into certain psychedelic experiences is they have an ego death, a lot of people say, or questioning about death or they're confronted with the idea of dying. And when they confront that and then choose to make the most of it, there's like a sense of liberation yeah, that comes from it. And so that's why I love that it came up for you, because to me, that really speaks of this new phase of liberating yourself from things that have been holding you back. Yeah. And I would say that if anybody has that like moment of death, like don't let it cripple you if you can, Mm -hmm. because it is like quite freeing, actually, you know, Mm -hmm. and like it's, it's not, I mean, yeah, I'm still like okay <laughs> you know all right then well that's you know it is a terrifying thought but it, it it can be or it can just be like kind of a like oh okay well that's the truth 
So what am I going to do today? You know, that's going to make this kind of moment interesting or important to me. Yeah. So I think that's maybe the legacy of that. And I, it's not the first time I've had one of these moments, but it's been a while, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I think I'm hoping this energy will carry me forward a little bit where it's like, you know, this is the only time you're going to be in this way on this planet. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So, um, to bring this kind of to a close, if people are wanting to check out some of your content, uh, food, pictures, promos, things, cause you're Social media is so colorful. Like your images are just the coolest. I was looking at the latest one the other day. I was like, man, she just knows how to make things so inviting looking. It was that <laughs> whole spread with the pink background and all the food, like picnic-y yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, where can people find you? So um, probably the best place to find me is on my Instagram, which is Abby, A-B-B-Y. <laughs> Abby likes to eat. Okay. Um, I am like, a, it's kind of not really a business. I'm, I've been really bad at marketing my business part of it. But um, so I also will be launching Moose Boosh. So if you follow me there, I'll let you know. And that's oh, nice. Moose Creative, which is kind of going to be my proper business studio name. <laughs> After 10 years of doing this, I'm finally getting it. Um, so I'll be doing that in the next coming weeks. Um, so that's a great place to find me. I also have a blog that I've kind of d- let go, but I'm dreaming of getting back in. And I feel like that's part of what I'll be doing in the future. Called yeah. Small Bats Vancouver. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like, should I do this? <laughs> totally. I think so. And the fact that you are talking about it and yeah. now it's on the podcast and in people's ears, then it means it must be. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's smallbatchvancouver.com. I mean, I've never let it go. It was just more of a time consuming thing. Yeah. Um, but also I'm like, you know, it's sometimes you let things go because it's not the right time, you know? And I think like that wasn't totally the right time for me to do that. So yeah. I feel like that time is coming. So absolutely. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's another thing. Smallbatchvancouver.com or smallbatchman on Instagram. Um, so that should be coming up. So amazing. All right. Well, thank you for just jumping on the podcast to have this chat. I think it's just so lovely. And uh, yeah, thank you to all of you who are listening. Hopefully this helps to inspire some liberation in your life. So thank you all so much for joining. Thank you, Abby. And we'll see you all later. Bye.